Welcome to the Better Questions Podcast, where we wrestle with hard questions and seek to ask better ones. This is part two of my conversation with Austin Renfro. It's one of my favorite anything episodes we've done on the podcast. I can't wait for you to hear it. So enjoy part two. The second question, it's a very personal one, and it was sent, asked to be anonymous. It says, I don't come from a Christian home and became a believer later in life. And outside of my conversion experience, I have trouble hearing the voice of God in my life. What am I doing wrong? There's some gaps we need to fill in with this question, but I, I hear what the person's saying. I, I think the idea is that they had this amazing conversion experience and they felt the voice of God. I don't know the details of this person's story, but it sounds like as they continue to walk, they feel like they're not sensing the, the Lord's voice in their life. Um, do you have any, any, maybe some just overall general thoughts or also maybe experiences of where you can tangibly say, yeah, that was the voice of God in my life. Yes. Uh, you're in good company, whoever asked this question, because I know um, really one of the first people that I ever heard even have a conversation about this was a young Matt Jaderston. Mm. And I remember you and Hollis yeah. sitting on the couch and how frustrated you yeah. were in a season where you were experiencing this. Dude, we need to get Hollis on the podcast. How, how would that be? Oh, she'd, she'd, be <laughs> she'd be amazing. She'd be. Oh my goodness. All right, we'll make that happen. Yeah, no, I dude, I haven't thought about that in years, but you're right. Yeah, I remember um, having that conversation where in the flux of doing a ton of ministry and going on mission trips and I was in college at the time and just the frustration of feeling as though God was silent. And uh, yeah, man, I, I think there are a couple things on that, like... For one, I do think that there are times when God speaks through the silence. We see this in the Old Testament, um, where 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 you know God was not in in the mountain shaking. It was not in the the wind, but it was in the sound of silence. The Hebrew is literally says sound of silence. And then you have that beautiful moment in Revelation where there was thirty minutes or twenty minutes of silence in heaven, like complete, utter silence which is, we don't do well with silence. Like no. just there, I paused for three seconds and I was like, anxiety. Um, <laughs> um, in fact, Mike, uh, our good, my brother and our good friend, Mike Jaderson preached on Sunday on the value of silence and the value of this Christmas Advent season to be listening. And sometimes in order to do that, we need to learn to be quiet. Mm -hmm. um, Come on, Mike. Oh, so good. And, uh, so yeah, man, so many thoughts come to my mind right now, but I, I do think that there's something to that. I do think there is there's something about, um, you know, there may be periods and seasons where you aren't hearing the voice of God, but what we can control and what we can do is do things that are intentional to put us in spaces because the primary way God speaks to us is through his word. And so clearly if we're not spending time there, we're not going to be hearing the voice of God. Like, I think that there are times where God can speak and it's sort of a, a you know, we have examples in scripture where God speaks audibly, mm -hmm. um, but there are times where he can sort of, I, I call it like whisper to your heart, like speak something to you where you sense God speaking. I'll give an example. 
I remember it was in a similar season um, when I was when I was feeling like I couldn't hear the voice of God. I was a speaker at Westminster Woods, and I was like really struggling with what to, to preach on. And I'm just sitting on this bench, and I'm like, man, I just don't know. Like, Lord, tell me, like, what what is it that I that I that I just want? I was restless. I was struggling. I couldn't quite pinpoint it. And in that moment, there was a black cat. I know black cats are typically signs of witchcraft. Voodoo. But at this moment, I think God used this black cat to speak to me. Because what the black cat was doing was, was on the basketball court, there were these little cracks and there were these little bugs. And the cat was chasing these bugs over and over again, just, just going after them one by one. And, and I'm watching this black cat and I'm thinking, it was like the Lord revealed to me, oh, you're this. You are searching so desperately for the sign, for the thing. Mm-hmm. And what God was telling me in that moment is I've called you to be faithful in the little things. Like, I know you want the big miracle. You want the big, loud coming in the clouds. Hey, Matt, here's what you should do. And what God was speaking to me in that moment was, no, I'm calling you to be faithful and just waking up, spending time with me, preaching your sermon, whether it's good or not. You might not have the big miraculous word, but that's not what I've called you to do. Boom. I To this day, I looked to that as a moment when the Lord spoke to me in a moment. Yeah. So I don't know if that's helpful as an example, but there, I've had tons of those moments where I've sensed God's gentle voice in my life. Um, but the common denominator is it was in a time when I was, you know, quiet, yeah. listening, praying, or in God's word. Yeah. There's two, there's two things that stick out to me just kind of like instantly from this. Um, and that's one that when we think about God's audible voice, that in and of itself is a miracle. Like think about how many times <laughs> yeah. God actually spoke. He sent messengers. He used the pro- He spoke yep. to the prophets and the prophets would go and tell. Yep. Uh, he would use angels as messengers. Yep. But, he speaks to Jesus <clears throat> in baptism. Oh, yeah. Which is just, cool. Was just, was just cool. Yeah. That's just cool. But th- it's a very short list. It is. It's a very short list. And so I think the idea of God speaking to us, it's exactly like you said. The thing that jumps out to me the most is that God's word is that for us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and God's word being in it, having a hunger and thirst for that, having a hunger and thirst for that is in, in, in even what he spoke to us through his word, there's a desire that we, if we don't yet have, it's like any other appetite we need to build. And I'm working on this in my own life right now, Mm -hmm. just getting into the word every single day, starting my day out that way, um, memorizing scripture, just having a a true hunger and thirst for that. So that's one. And the second thing is, you know, the recognition that God's voice in and of itself is a miracle. You know, we should look at God's word, the Bible, as a miracle. This is mm-hmm. a miracle. We should be celebrating this. And and the idea, just wrap your mind around this, that, you know, we, we think about miracles as being these big things, like you said, the coming on the clouds moment, the, the signs and wonders, all of these things. But every day there are miracles that we just don't see as miracles because we are we're spoiled. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and the idea, here's the idea, just simply, miracles need to shrink. Mm. Our expectation of what a right. miracle is just needs to get smaller. 
Because once we start to see the little miracles, we can rejoice in those things. But if we're expecting God to reveal himself in this way when he already has through his word, when he's he's already given us the gift of the Holy Spirit to prompt us. So that takes me to my next thing. So for one, for me in my life, I want miracles to shrink. Um, cause it's going to, it's going to change my perspective on things and it's going to allow me to have a, a greater uh, attitude of gratitude and thankfulness yeah. for what God is doing in my life to rejoice over those things wh- rather than be anxious, which his word speaks directly to be anxious about nothing, but with prayer, petition and Thanksgiving, mm. take everything before the Lord. So we need to be thankful because that's, that's a, that's a big part for this. The second thing for me in this is the idea of, you know, there's, there's this, there's this part for me that when I'm, when I'm thinking about how God has spoken to me in my life, so many times it's in that stillness, it's in the small place. And I would say there's a, there's an attentiveness to where the Holy Spirit, whose job is to guide me, to prompt me, direct, that I have to have an awareness to what the Holy Spirit is doing. And I've heard it said in and I actually was with Hollis when I heard this for the first time. But I grew up in the country, and um, I remember as a kid when we were driving down the road that my dad and my uncle or the, whoever was in the front seat or you know whatever, could, were, they were looking out and they would call out, "Oh, there's a deer!" You know, "Oh, there's a," and not not just that it's a deer. Yeah, they would say, "Oh, you know, eight eight point deer." You know, "Oh, right. look at those over there." Oh, there's the there's a critter. Look, it's a it's a it's a coyote, and I remember looking out the window, and I never saw what they saw. Mm-hmm. I I just never could, you know. Some of it might have been that I was in the back seat, that I wasn't tall enough. But by the time I was, I still wasn't able to detect what they were looking for, and so, you know, I thought these things should be like, you know, glaring when you're looking out the window that you're just going to see them. But then I learned what they were looking for. They were looking for the beady eyes, right. you know, the the red glow of of a of a doe's eyes, you know, hmm. the green glow of a of a coyote or you know whatever it is, the reflection of the eyes, and and then when I started looking for what they were looking for, I started to see the things that they saw. So it was part in that they were calling out what they were seeing. Then it was my my desire to see what they saw. And then it was them teaching me what to look for. That's discipleship. And if we say this is how the Holy Spirit, we're on this, we're on this path, this road in life, and stuff is flying by us. You know, it's happening yeah. at the pace that we're driving. You know, and we're looking at things. And sometimes life speeds up. You get kids, you get a job, you get all this stuff, and it gets harder to see the things that are happening around us. But it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit's not working. It just means that we need to learn how to see those things and recognize them at the pace that they're happening. So when I begin to get in tune with not only what my heavenly father is saying, look around you at what I'm doing, but to look at the things and where he's working, look, I'm working in these spaces. I then be able to get to see it. And we need other people in our life to whoever asked this question, you know, yeah, not growing up in the church and not hearing a lot of these things and having this moment of conversion and this excitement, it shouldn't, you need people that are going to help show you, look, this is what God's word is. You need the answer. Hey, you want to hear God's voice? He's talking to you every day in his word. Are you mm-hmm. willing to do the, the the simple thing of just getting into it? Are you willing to do the simple task? By the way, um, waiting on the Lord or listening to God is not a passive exercise. It's very active. Ooh, interesting. Patience. 
listening is an active exercise. Yeah. There is nothing about people don't want to to wait on the Lord because they feel like it's an active uh, uh, it's an inaction, but it's right. not. It's very very active. You have to yeah. intentionally be still and wait on the Lord. You have to intentionally listen to what he's saying. You have yeah. to be intentionally looking in the places and this is a ploy of the enemy. If we're going to say I want to see what God is doing, the enemy is going to be trying to distract us from what he's it's it's a it's a magic trick, you know. It's a it's a grand illusion. It's misdirection. If if God has a direction for our life, the enemy is working in the misdirection. So he wants you to try to put the emphasis on, well, if you can't hear God's voice, that means he doesn't love you. That's not true. If you can't, if he's not going to do this thing for you, well, then you're not worth it. No, he sent his son to die for you. There's so many truths that we need to be able to combat that come from God's word, but we also yeah. need people around us to be able to answer these tough questions of, hey, in your experience. And I and I can speak. God in my life, the two two biggest moments. I would actually point to three. There's three massive moments in my life. I grew up in the church. And so when I prayed to receive Christ, I was very young and I kind of did it out of not wanting to go to hell. You know, that was, and, and again, that's a, that's a, that's a, that, that's a very real reason to desire a relationship with God. Totally. And, and it's, is it motivated by love? Is it motivated by fear? Sure. All of the above, yep. you know, I, I didn't know what it meant at five or six or seven to mm-hmm. really know what love was anyways, but yep. I decided to follow after him. And from that point, I failed a lot. And it wasn't until my early twenties that I had a moment, you would call it my rock bottom, where God got a hold of my heart. And it was, it was in the bathroom where no one else was mm. around that he spoke to me and I heard it and it was the first time it wasn't an audible voice. It was just this moment where he simply said to me and I heard it, you need, you don't need everything else. You need me. Mm-hmm. You want everything else. But yeah. it was in my voice saying to God, I know that I need you. For the first time in my life, it's my recognition of my need for you yeah. more than my next breath, more than my next meal, more than the relationships that I have around me. And my life began to fall into order. And this is where Matthew 6, comes in. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek God in all that I do. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. It was that moment. If you were looking at something in my right. life where I could say my conversion, the moment of, of death to life may have happened when I was a child. You know, I believe that that, that prayer, when we call on the Lord that we're saved, but it was that moment that I decided to follow after Jesus yeah. with my whole heart, with my whole mind, with my all of my strength. Right. And then things began to change in my life and they reflected that. So then beyond that, it was when I when I when I met my my now wife, and from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, people talk about this knowing, knowing that this is the person they're gonna spend the rest of their life with. Now it's a it's a choice. Both people have to choose. My wife had to choose me, I had to yeah. choose her. But I there was a moment that I believe came and it was a gift from God to me of knowing with my whole being, I was going to commit my life to this woman and loving her. Then there was the moment where I felt called to come to New Spring Church in Wichita, Kansas, that God said, go. And I went. And it was clear the steps that he grew. He, he, it was another two and a half years. So talk about being in the waiting. When God right. speaks to us, it's not always this immediate thing. He's looking for our immediate obedience, right? obedience to what he's calling us to. So be careful. Be careful yeah. what you ask for because the calling, you know, we've seen this. God yeah. radically blesses radical obedience. Yeah. Abraham. Yeah. What God was asking him to do, the sacrifices that he was calling him to make, radical obedience. And I'm still learning this in my life. Cause I'm missing out on opportunities every day because I'm, because I'm a disobedient child, right. you know, but 
radical obedience, radical blessing. There, There's things where when God said go, I went, and there were times when I needed just gentle prompting and I needed um, really the, uh, you know, we talk about consequences or mm-hmm. discipline, you know, disi- d- discipleship, discipline or consequences in our life of disobedience. We need those things. Yeah. We don't always look at those as blessings, but sometimes God is speaking to us through those hardships. And it's not always, people want to look for signs. It's not, everything's not a sign. Right. But discernment and and looking at things and seeking God in those things is is very much so a spiritual practice that I want in my life. Yeah, because just because my car didn't start today doesn't mean I shouldn't go to work. You know what <laughs> yes. I'm saying? Time difficulty yes. is gonna come. The commitments that I've made. Well, my wife my wife said you know, something that hurt my feelings. Well, she doesn't love me anymore. Mm-hmm. So therefore I'm going to go make this terrible decision. No. Or, you know, my kids or my job or whatever it is, when any relationship, it doesn't, those are not signs that, that I should bail on what God has called me to. No, and too many I, people will try a, to read that's a real those danger. things. That's a real danger to try to see, to look for affirmations and just random things. One of the things that stood out the most, what you said was, Sometimes God calls us to something, but part of that, our response is obedience because it may mean we have to wait. I think of Moses, who's, you know, bringing the Israelites to the promised land, but it took him 40 years. And it took him as a leader having to deal with his people turning on him over and over and over again. And yet God again and again, whether it was him taking his rod against the rock and providing water, whether it was... You know, whatever it might be, it was like the time was not right away. It wasn't next year. It was 40 years, but God's promises did come through. And only two people made it right. in the end. It, uh, there's so much there to unpack. I just, I and do simply, think. Simply obedience and disobedience. Yeah. I would say. I would say in those stories, the things that I glean from them in this season yeah. of life, I mean, it will change as I, as I continue to walk my, yeah. my faith journey. Um, th- the thing with, with Moses and even striking the rock, the thing that sticks out to me with that is I don't, I used to th- see that story and think of God as an angry God. Mm. Like I can't do one wrong thing. The problem was with that is God had literally used Moses and delivered him time and time again yep. and helped him to deliver his people and had done all of these amazing things yeah. right in front of Moses's eyes. Moses saw these things. He heard the audible voice of God. I know. Speaking of a few times God uses audible voice, he did. And that was after Moses killed a dude. Crazy. <laughs> it's great. I mean, this is, dude, this is like, this is the stuff yeah. that you're just like, you cannot make this up. And this is the character of God. Yeah. And you see this and it's like, God didn't let, God didn't punish Moses because you know, of a one moment of anger and outburst. It was that Moses was accountable to everything that he had seen to that point. God passed over Moses. Mm -hmm. God revealed himself to Moses, burning bush, all of these things. Moses was accountable to what God had now, just like me, right? Because I'm telling you these three things that God has done. If I were to abandon my family and leave my wife, bro, consequences, (laughs) consequences, consequences, (laughs) 
if I were to leave my post and my calling without being obedient to God, if God didn't call me away yeah. from New Spring Church and I just left because of whatever, consequences. do consequences. You better believe that they're going to be there because I've seen God yeah. move in my life. I had a front row seat to what he's done in my marriage and my kids. I've had a front row seat yep. to what he's done in ministry. And for those things, I am now accountable. Well, and, so was Moses. And yeah. because of that, the consequence to him and his anger towards God, his impatience to God yeah. was that is accountability. Yep. You want to see what it is? Have God reveal himself. And even in this question, the question is what at the end, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Sometimes it's not what we're doing wrong. It's what we're not doing. Yeah. God has given us pray without ceasing, love mm -hmm. the Lord your God with all your heart. If you're doing these things, then there's still going to be a thing. You could see yourself as the rich young ruler who came before Jesus and said, I know the commandments. I know what the greatest one is. I know exactly what you're going to say. What are you going to do? And Jesus says to him, the one thing that knew he was going to check his heart on. Yep. He had a heart check in that moment. What did he do to the fishermen? He said, leave your boats and leave your nets and follow me. And what did they do? Well, the invitations that we saw in scripture, they did. They yeah. left their boats. They left their livelihood. They left the thing that they were dependent on to follow after Jesus. This guy who was living his life in accordance with God's word, when Jesus said, sell everything and follow me, scripture just, we don't know what he did. It just tells us that he came sad and left sad. Yeah. And and that's a bummer. That's a big bummer because he had an opportunity. Jesus himself said, come and follow me. It was a heart check. Yep. So when we have these things in our lives, you know, sometimes it's not about what we're doing wrong. It's about what we're not doing. Yeah. So it's 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 a juxtaposition to waiting on God and yeah. being in the silence. Sometimes we're being called inactive, or we're called. Sometimes we're being called to inactivity, but for the majority of the of our life, we're called yeah. to follow after Christ. And so that is again very active. And so if we are not doing the thing, if we're not taking Him at His word and praying without ceasing, if we are not thankful and grateful, if we are not going into His word and loving it, writing it on our hearts, wearing it yeah. as a pen around our neck. If we're not doing these things, then it, then God has already told us where we're going to find him. It's going to be in these places in, with these people, serve these people, do yep. these things. It's You begin again in the training of how we experience life and how I'm growing and how I'm being discipled. I'm looking at those things and saying, it's not always going to be about what am I doing wrong? That's that's because mm. you can, you can hyper-focus on that. Yep. But what am I not doing that God has already invited me into to do? Bro, that's a better question my guy that's what you this did. cast is all about let's go hey, all right well two things and then a story so i think you revealed something really profound there that sometimes god's voice comes in the way of being humbled i think of i think of whether you look at celebrity pastors whose um influence outgrew their character and they had a big moral failing Yee. You know that's Oof. you know that's God's grace yeah. to them yeah because their their soul had already been de deteriorating for some time and part of like them losing their influence in that moment and their their position is God's grace to saying stop what you're doing mm -hmm. you're killing yourself mm -hmm. and you're harming others in the process yep. yep and I think sometimes as hard as that is sometimes the voice of God can do that it can it can humble us and and help turn us to repentance, which yep. is what he did with Moses time yep. and time again. Also, I, I was reminded of a story. So I'm in high school. I'm on a mission trip in Peru. And crazy stuff is happening on this trip. Like we're in this town called Sunampe. And we're praying for rain because they hadn't had rain. This is so cheesy, but it's a true story that, that happened. So we're singing that old worship song, Let It Rain. 
you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, we're singing it and no rain's coming. I'm like, well, this was a fail, but we're praying for rain for the, the city. It's a small town. As we're leaving, it starts to rain. And the guy told us it hadn't rained in like a year. It's like crazy awesome stuff's happening. Wow. And then like, I remember we were in this other place and there was some weird stuff happening that I was starting to get really uncomfortable with. We had this one guy who thought there was a demon in this house. He's on our team and he's playing his guitar in the corner of their house. At first, just singing like, you know, how great is our God or whatever, trying to like that the worship music would push out the demon or something. Mm -hmm. But he started getting more aggressive and he's like shouting and then he's like, demon, be gone. And we're all just kind of like, this is maybe over the top. And like my discernment radar, because I, I tend to think that I have the gift of discernment. I'm like, I don't know that there was a demon in here. There could have been. Mm-hmm. But that's that's tip of the iceberg of some of the stuff. A lot of cool stuff, but also a lot of stuff. I'm like, eh, I'm not so sure about this. So I'm wrestling internally as a junior in high school. Like, is any of this real? I was wrestling with with doubt. I was struggling to believe. And I, I started to get a little cynical as the week went on. And I remember, this will date me, but this, the CD that just came out was Coldplay's XY mm-hmm. and the song Fix You, which is one yep. of the greatest songs of all time. Yep. I remember I'm listening to Fix You, which is just, that really gets with your heartstrings. And I'm just so frustrated. I'm like, I'm like, praying like god like give me a sign here's me wanting the sign you know and and often i think uh we we ask for that sometimes god gives us that usually he doesn't i kid you not i'm praying struggling and i'm sitting on my bed and there's an earthquake which in peru is pretty often this could totally be a a coincidence but there's an earthquake that shook so hard that the mirror cracked bro crazy so the mirror cracks and i'm like well, clearly, woo, you know, the, that earthquake was experienced by a lot of people. It may not have just been for me, but in that moment, I'm like, oh, I need to turn to the scriptures. Like, what does it mean? And I'm flipping through and I came across James 6. And here's an example of the Lord speaking to me in my moment where I think the Holy Spirit led me to this place. And I read this verse. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. And then in verse six, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave on the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. And so I read that and it, what the Lord revealed in my heart was my cynicism was getting in the way of what I think God was trying to do in me in that trip. Mm-hmm. Because all of us, it's good to test the spirits. The scriptures tell us yep. to, to do that. But what was happening was I was becoming so critical of everything that was going on that I was missing the bigger picture. Right. And here's the best part, weirdest part. I haven't told this story, I think, in years uh, to anyone. Maybe I have. But it's been a long time since I've shared it. I went up, went up to the roof and the leader of our group, Jeff, begins to pray over me, just sense that I need a prayer. And I'm the guy who's like really cautious of all the Holy Spirit stuff going on. I'm like the cynical one, but I just read this passage and he's praying over me. And bro, maybe one of like few times I could ever tell you, I had a like full on experience with the Holy Spirit where I felt like fire and ice were flowing through my veins and I was being pressed to the ground. 
And I can't even tell you the words that he said over me, mm-hmm. but I remember that experience and thinking to myself, I'm embarrassed that, that like this, this happened and I was the one who was so just pushing against all these things. And it was just, it was one of those crazy experiences I'll never forget because it was such an awesome moment. And I think one of the, here's what we do. Here's the other thing that I thought about is we have these moments where God speaks or God meets like in the conversion um, that the question was asked, like, I sense God's voice there. I think it's really important for us to remember mm-hmm. and do the practice of remembering oh, the yeah. times when God was faithful because we forget. Oh, yeah. And we forget them and we we chalk them off as just, it was just an experience or it was just my emotions messing with me. But no, like I can point to four or five moments where the Lord spoke to me in just super profound ways. And sometimes I... In my frustration in the waiting, I forget. But like, bro, we got to remember. Thousand percent. It's one of the don't fear, remember, be thankful. There's there's certain things in the Bible that are themes throughout the entirety of it. Um, and again, we're being invited into those spaces and into those places to meet God in that in there. Yeah. And He does. He wants us to remember. Remember the things that I've done. That's what Scripture is. It's a it's this remembrance. And there could be. Um, not, not this, this would be an addition to the Bible, but if there was a book of Austin and it was my story of what God had done in my life, it should be chocked full of both the, the, the times when I felt like I was seeking God, but I couldn't find him. It'll be chocked full of times of disobedience and, um, discipline that comes along with that. Um, consequences that come with those things. But ultimately, the story of my life would be the same that we see throughout Scripture, which is God's redemptive power. And, you know, when we when we watch Jesus doing miracles and we see, you know, what he tells people, man, by by your faith, that now go, you've been healed mm-hmm. because of your faith, because of your belief, because of your faith, you've been healed. And what does he tell people as they depart? Now go and send no more. Part of this for us is also the recognition that the thing that once we've been called from death to life and once God has done this miracle in our lives, we there's an accountability that comes along with that too of, yeah, it's a very high calling. We are, yeah. we are called to be set apart. We're not called to be happy. We're called to be holy. Yeah. Um, we are, you know, if, if you're wondering, it's like, man, who among us is righteous? Well, the, the righteousness that we inherit is from Jesus Christ. And it's like, if we're being made more into his image, the enemy wants us to think, okay, yeah, you didn't have that experience. Yeah, he's coming to steal just like the parable of, you know, the 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 seed that goes out and falls on hard ground or any of those things. Yeah. I don't want to miss out on the blessings of my life, one, because of sin. Um, that's one very, very critical part in all of this. And we're talking about repentance yeah. and to being able to move away from where we were to becoming more like Christ. Repentance is such a massive one in my life that I just don't embrace enough. Mm. You know, I'm just, I'm sitting here today and I'm going, man, true repentance in my life would yield these things, life. Yeah. Yeah. And so looking at that and then also saying, I don't want to be one of the ones um, when when Jesus heals the lepers and they go away. Only one returns to give uh, Jesus thanks. He comes yeah. b- back before him and just worships him. Not only do we need to remember, but there needs to be a response. And I love this. And 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 part of my title, whatever worship pastor, worship leader, um, I have a definition of worship, which is 
uh, offering my body as a living sacrifice. Yeah. I go directly to scripture and say, this is what worship is. Then there's the, there's the act of worship through song, which to me is a response. Why I worship is a response to what God has done in my life. And so when I do th- take time to remember, there's a response to those things. And there's going to be times and seasons of our life where maybe we are in the waiting. There's not as many things happening, but we're just as accountable. Let's be one of the lepers that God, that, that Jesus healed. He touched us. He healed us. He saved us. Grace is something that we're not to abuse. We're to celebrate it, embrace it, and share it. The good news of Jesus Christ is the gospel that we wear on our feet. Blessed are the feet that bring the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ, that we stand firm on that with joy in our salvation, in our righteousness, that we're clothed in His righteousness, and that we can walk in confidence, but to remember, to return with thanksgiving and gratitude. And then begin to see, and then begin to embrace and see what what God is doing around us all the time through the little miracles of each day. Bro, that would that would be a great way to end this. Do you have five more minutes? Of course, because I I just my brain went somewhere else too. Um, so I was thinking because I hadn't told that story in so long. I, I was like visually remembering it. I this was before the iPod, so I had a a gold discman. Ooh, yeah, buddy. And I had big honking headphones with cords. And I'm laying in my bed listening because I just bought that. I was like back when you bought CDs. Yeah. And I bought the Coldplay CD and listened to it the whole trip. And um, it got me thinking about how <laughs> how much of a simpler time and less distracted I was before the iPhone. And I think one of the biggest hindrances to us hearing the voice of God, and this is something Mike hit on in his sermon, is that we rarely take time to just be silent. Mm-hmm. And I think we I think there are probably a lot of times where God is silent, but I think there's also a lot of times where God is speaking and we're missing it. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're we're numbing ourselves. Oh, it's yeah. like I think about there's a comedian has a bit like we can't even be at a stoplight because the loneliness of just being there and not pulling out your phone is too much to bear. So we pull out our phones to like numb the you know, and you're always honking at the person who's looking at their phone and the right, light turns right. green. Like we we have such a hard time just being with our thoughts. I had an elder say this in our preaching cohort. He goes, the idea that we serve a God who can talk back sometimes is just way too terrifying. Oh, yeah. Because the truth is some of us are afraid to be alone with ourselves because we know deep down if we are going to be quiet and listen, like we're going to have to confront our crap. Oh, man. That is as true of a statement that has ever been made. And that terrifies me more because when I do take the time to listen, yeah. many, many times, and we talked about this on the last episode on the last episode of the reflection of of what is being reflected back to us. Um most of the time is stuff that we don't want to see. Yeah. You know, it just it just isn't. You know, the mirror can be very harsh and especially when that mirror is righteous <laughs> yeah. and accurate. You know, the Holy Spirit in my life and the things I could, you know in 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 my brokenness and depravity i could i could share on this podcast the things that god is doing in my life to help move me closer to him and even with those things there's the there's this is the most terrifying thing i could possibly think of there's the consequence of the action that the holy yeah. spirit is also telling me and i'm going and i still fail and yeah. I still fail, even with that, even with the things that God is giving me through his word and what I'm hearing through the, 
through the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life, that is the most terrifying thing. Yep. Because it's not just about what you have to gain, but yep. we have to remember what we stand to lose when we're when we're making decisions, you know, when we're when we're choosing, I know what is right and I know what is wrong and when I choose to do wrong, you know, there's a consequence that comes along with that. You know, we see that yeah. again throughout scripture, but you're right. I mean, that that is the more terrifying thing for me is that when I am silent and I do choose to listen to the voice of God and what he's telling me in my life, then then I hear him. <laughs> uh, oh, I know. It's it's like the apostle Paul, he's like I know what I should do, but I don't do it. And I do the things I know I shouldn't do. It, it's this idea that like we are scared to be with ourselves because it, if we are honest and we hear the voice of God, it's going to confront things we don't want to confront. Yep. Even if we know we'll be better if we do, it's easier to just like some people are more comfortable in their shame. And, and I've experienced that more comfortable in their pain because it's what they know even though they know on the other side is life and freedom and yep. liberation. It's like, oh, but I'm, I'm actually safe. I, it's a false sense of safeness, yep. but like I'm falsely safe here because that's what I know. Oh, I wrote this, I wrote this song in, in just a deep, dark season, but the, the opening line is, I can find myself inside these walls. Some call a cell. I don't love it, but I know it well. That to me was the definition of I, so many times I choose to be in that place, not yeah. because it's comfortable or not because, yeah, you can look at a wall and, and bars on the wall and say, this is a safe place Yeah, and you can, no one else is locking you in. You're just closing the door behind you and you begin to make it your home. Um, it's the, the, the rest of the song was the idea that um, there's a place down below the city on a hill. And that's where most of the time I choose to live my life, as opposed to living my life that is the beacon, a reflection yeah. of what God's glory is and radiance of his, his goodness in his life. I, I, I give that away to yeah. choose to live in the city down below, Dude, the city so on a good. hill. All, all I can think about too right now is that Creed song. I created, I created my own prison. How was my Scott Stapp? That was really good. Yeah. We we'll get him on the pod now. What's the name of that song? Did you ever release it, or is it just no, one? no, no, no? I just it, it was. Bro, a, it sounds like you need to. It sounds oh, like an sure. amazing song for sure. Yeah. Um. Some point. I regret doing the Scott Stab. I want to edit it out. No, don't. But do I it. won't leave it in. I, the purity of the podcast. I'll join you there. <laughs> oh gosh. Let's um, do Scott Stab singing. Um, no. Uh, fix you. Last <laughs> week, <God>, you <laughs> oh. <laughs> Now we try. <laughs> oh no! What's the bridge in that song? Um, Tears down your face. Yeah, you see. All right, enough of that. Um, Austin, this has been amazing, and I feel like we could. T- we did normally a question takes fifteen minutes, but I knew. When we get going, we get going. So I planned two questions and we went two hours and 15 minutes or an hour and 15 minutes on two questions. So for future podcasts, I'll just remember half Austin. a question. Yeah. <laughs> a question is about 45 minutes as opposed to to 15, which is great because there's half so much. There's a lot. These are like three questions in one. Yeah. So thanks again for tuning in to the Better Questions podcast. 
We hope to see you again next week. Also, if you have any questions you want to submit, you can send those in to betterquestions at eastminster.org or go to our website, eastminster.org slash betterquestions. Submit your questions. We're going to be back to our Monday, Thursday release date schedule here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next week. Grace and peace.